You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. With your host, Sean Lamont. I was waiting for woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. As uh, Abraham Lincoln said, fuck that, just get my. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Yo! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans, that's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Joined tonight by my two co-hosts with the most. First, in the blue hat, on Twitter, at Wrong Elijah, Mr. Elijah Arnold. Hey! Welcome to episode oh. 121. Hey! Thank you for having me. Uh, it's great to be back. It's great to be back here. It is a stressful Tuesday night, election night. I hate Earth, but I don't hate the OG Olive Garden Pim. Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox on the Twitter board at the next says Steve, hi. It seems like every week we get a little extra flair on it. I like it. You, you got to do a little something extra, a little something, something for the kids back home. And, you know, we're going to try to distract ourselves tonight with some football talk. Turning off the phones, turning off the internet, turning off life, because the trade deadline was also today, and it was unexciting. I'm 2020 of it. I want to start. With the rumored deal that was supposed to go through, everything was looking like Will Fuller was going to be traded from the Texans to the Packers. Will Fuller at one point tweeted a gif of the little kid with his hand on his face, like tapping the desk, like, come on. (laughs) It was said that the Texans were demanding a second round pick for Will Fuller. Let me just tell you why that's ridiculous. If you want to trade Will Fuller and get something back for him, great. But you're trying to get a second round pick from a contender for eight games and no guarantee after that. He is a free agent. That is a half a season rental. You want a second round pick? That's obnoxious. Well, the Dolphins own their first round pick for this coming draft. So (laughs) got to try to move your way. I I understand they got to try to recoup some draft capital, but you're not going to get a second round pick for Will Fuller. Yeah, I mean, if he had three years left on his deal, maybe. I'm sure the Packers would have jumped on that. But it's an eight-game rental. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's tough for Green Bay to pull the trigger on that. But I think if you're Bill O'Brien, you're looking at them as maybe they're desperate enough to make that move because they are, you know, division leader, made the NFC Championship last year. Maybe they get a weapon in there and it, you know, Helps him get to the next level, but didn't work out. Sucks to suck, I guess. But anyways, further news in the mashed potato land. We did have some trades that went through. Uh, we had Avery Williamson, the linebacker from the Jets, traded to the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you guys catch his Instagram post after he was traded? Hold no, the I umbrella on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an umbrella over his head in full uniform. 
you know, thumbing for a ride to Pittsburgh. It was great. <laughs> could tell he was ready to go. Jesus, like, talk about from rags to riches. That's crazy. Yeah. Unreal. Anyways, uh, let's talk about chicken nuggets in the mashed potato land. Also, rags to riches. <laughs> we we got to talk about this trade for a minute. The San Francisco 49ers trade linebacker Quan Alexander to the New Orleans Saints for Kiko Alonso, a bag of Pringles, and some gummy bears. Why I want to talk about this is <laughs> with this trade, the Saints are set to be over $100 million over the cap next year. How is that possible? It's probably going to be even more. Because <laughs> the cap's going to go down. Yeah, yeah this like is crazy. Are they just going to cut everybody? I I don't get it. Like, I guess you're going all in this year, but are the Saints going to be a three-win team next year because they have to cut everybody? That's one-tenth of a billion dollars. It's insane. This is like the sixth time Kiko Alonso has been traded in his career. (laughs) Yep. Insane. Insane. I, I, that one baffled me. Like, I like the player on the team. I like the fit. But how? How is that possible? I don't know. I mean, the, the salary cap in the NFL is kind of imaginary anyway. So you can alter it basically whenever you want. So they're obviously going to have to make some moves, make some decisions. But, you know, eventually Get they'll ready. figure it out. I don't think it's going to affect them all that much. Taysom Hill era is upon us. No Jameis? Uh, yeah. No. He's only a one-year deal. But the other trade happened today. There's two of them. Let's start with the Chiefs trading DeAndre Washington to the Dolphins. Goodbye, Earl. Odd man out over there. Dolphins running back situation is kind of ugly. Yep. You know what's crazy is one trade, like when I was setting up this outline for the show tonight, for some reason I thought the trade deadline was tomorrow. So I was going to have us all propose some trades that, you know, might fit our team. <laughs> one that I kind of expected to happen and didn't was Jordan Howard being traded from the Dolphins back to the Eagles for like a late round pick or a player swap or something. He's been inactive the last two weeks. Philly could use another power back, somebody, you know, that can actually run the football outside of Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. But they traded for another running back, so that pushes Howard even further down. Maybe he's a cut candidate, and they can pick him up off the scrap heap? I don't know. Elijah, what do you think? I think if I could trade anything, it would be trading myself to the moon. (laughs) Uh, in return the moon will send I don't know it's 2% atmosphere back who cares isn't there water on the moon they can send us Uh, yes Steve uh, NASA did recently find that there has been persistent water on the moon so like that's pretty cool maybe we We can leave this god forsaken planet (laughs) yeah I mean if you look at it this way, uh, the 
current president we have in office as of right now wants to put Wi-Fi on the moon because that's an important thing. <laughs> just For all the people up there that don't it. have, yeah, just in case <laughs> we all end up on the moon, we want to make sure we can check Twitter. All right. Uh, hey, Elijah, there was another trade that happened today before the deadline. Isaiah Ford, the savior. Let's hear it. Uh, Isaiah Ford has saved the Patriots season in that, uh, I don't know, Isaiah sounds like a prophet's name. That's pretty cool. Uh, Are you sure Isaiah is in the Bible? Yep. As an Elijah, I can speak uh, to that a little bit. I don't know. I've seen your movie. <laughs> Elijah and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> the Book of Eli. Oh, yeah, man. Denzel. Me and him are pretty much the same. I can't same. believe Denzel played you in a movie. That's kind of crazy. I can't believe he was, spoil, spoiler alert, he was blind the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about the uh, Patriots bringing in a former seventh round draft pick at wide receiver? Uh, he's now the only active wide receiver for the Patriots that was actually drafted. So that's good. But um, uh, the thing that I was baffled by was the news this morning. The Patriots wanted a first rounder and a player for Stephon Gilmore. That yeah, was, that's... Yeah, I Get mean, off me. That sounds super fair for a defensive player of the year who's uh, 30 and... Hasn't played that well. Gotta pay him a ton of money next year. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds fair. Like a first, you know what? I think like first and a third maybe would be fair. So please, some team, give that to the Patriots. I was thinking it was going to end up being like a second. It would be where you would settle. Like the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. Now, first and a third. All right, in further news, Vic Beasley is out in Tennessee. As well as Jonathan Joseph. As well as a lot of guys, apparently. Well, they're, they, they're set to be released tomorrow. The news they isn't official. cut their long snapper, too. Uh, Mike Rabel sending some uh, messages out to his team. After, we uh, lose one game and you're all gone. <laughs> you silly gooses. You yep. geeses. That's what he sounds like because of his mustache. Yeah, so that Vic Beasley experiment didn't last very long. I don't know if you remember, he had the was not reporting, was not answering phone calls, all that nonsense. Yep. And then he reported, and then he didn't play all that great, I guess. And they said, you know what? We got Clowney. Get out of here. A quick uh, fall from grace. Only a couple years ago, he was the centerpiece of that Atlanta Falcons defense, and now unemployed for now. But yeah, the, I thought the Titans were definitely going to be trying to push to get somebody else to help their pass rush, and apparently they just don't care enough. <laughs> I don't know. Alrighty, how about uh, Javon Wims, the receiver from the Bears? He's a scumbag, huh? That was some obnoxious bullshit on the football field. It's something that I'll never understand. Why do you punch a guy wearing a helmet? Because um, your fist is wearing a smaller helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, just go and f- push the guy in the back when he's not looking at you or something. Come up from behind him and swing on him. 
And good on uh, Gardner Johnson for not reacting at all. He just kind of stood there like, did he really just close fist punch me in the helmet? <laughs> and then did it again. Yeah. I, uh, I'm glad the NFL suspended him because you don't need to see that crap. No, there's no place for that. And COVID, still a thing. You know, Surprise. some people have you believe it's not, but it looks like the uh, Green Bay Packers will be a, without a majority of their running back stable. And the entire Ravens defense seems like it's <laughs> gone on the COVID list. So that's something. Yeah, there's a lot of players that are going to have to pass a lot of tests this week in order to play. So a pick them show I mean, should be a challenge. <laughs> the Ravens play seven guys on the COVID Including list Patrick today. Queen. I mean, Matt Judon, Tyus Bowser, Patrick Queen, LJ Fort, Malik Harrison, Terrell Bonds, Deshaun Elliott, and that's all because they were in contact with Marlon Humphrey, who tested positive. Yeah, it's Jesus. A, who it's the not, Ravens got this week? Uh, that's a good question. The Ravens are at the Colts. Tough game. Oof. Hey, I, who's that uh, cornerback that got traded from the Chargers a couple of days ago? That oh, that's like, right. That was like the um, biggest. Uh... Jesus, why am I blanking? Marlon, not Marlon. Oh, we just <laughs> talked about him. Marion Butts. <laughs> Marion Butts. It was Marion Butts. Natron means. Desmond King. There it is. I would have taken him on the Eagles of Philadelphia. That would have been nice. Thank you. No? Okay. <laughs> Something's got to give here. I don't know what to do. This portion of the program brought to you by Cialis. Can't get it up? Take a pill. Still can't get it up? I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with you. Old Mick Habersham had three cats. Had three cats. All right. COVID sucks. It's a real thing. Some people in high-ranking positions would tell you it's not. They're wrong. So wear your fucking mask. Please. And let's move on to some football, 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 football. Elijah, let's start with you, baby. Hey, baby. Fly, goes fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to hear them? about the Patriots? Yes. Yep. Uh, well, they did lose. Uh, they almost won, but then... They fumbled it away, you know. <laughs> they played bad for most of the game, and then they played good for a little bit. Uh, Cam Newton uh, continues to be a decent running back. Uh, not a great quarterback, which is bad when you're playing quarterback and not running back. I think, if I'm looking back, we may have crowned him too early as the savior. Because after, like, week, what was it? Uh, 10 minutes we were like haha we got him when you got COVID <laughs> hey we got Cam he's good to go fuck Tom Brady and then like I've used the ex-girlfriend analogy a lot so I won't use it again but uh, Cam Newton's a rebound and not an attractive one he's like one you picked up at a bar and uh, with a smoker's cough and like you know you could probably get past that but then She's got COVID, and she gave it to you, or herpes. I don't know. My my main point is that things aren't great. 
and we're playing the Jets, and just to be clear, the New York Jets at football. Um, we're favored by seven, and again, this is the New York Jets. Adam Gase is the coach. Uh, we're favored by seven, and I looked at that number, and I was like, really? I, we're favored by a touchdown? That doesn't seem... It doesn't seem like we should be. I think this is a pretty straight-up game, and we're playing the Jets. So the wheels have come off. Uh, there's there's no real silver lining. Uh, life is fleeting. Yeah, the abyss is inevitable. Who cares? Let's go watch TV. The good news for the Patriots is shut up. There's no good news. Touchdown, other than Cam Newton. <laughs> Yeah, who was it? I don't even remember. Damian Harris. Yeah, oh, great. Damian Harris. I just, oh, man. they. Josh McDaniel is supposed to be this big genius. Offensive guru, blah, blah. How is it possible that they can't put Cam Newton in positions to succeed on offense? Like, besides running the football. Like, he yeah. can throw the football. You have to... Create something for him to to fucking throw the football. See, here's the one issue I think that I've seen from Cam when he drops back. He's always been, like, even going back to when he's at Auburn, he's just the backyard football type of passer, you know what I mean? Like, Brady in New England all those years was on schedule, timing passes, all that stuff. And I don't think Cam quite sees it right. Or maybe he's in his own head to the point where he thinks he sees something that, you know, he he's looking for something, but he doesn't see it, you know, when he needs to. Because it, I mean, obviously, you know, he has the ability to, to throw the ball down the field. It's just there's something that's not quite clicking with him in this offense yet. And, you know, you know it's got to be frustrating for him. Nobody's harder on Cam than himself. So I just think that, you know, maybe we see it in a couple more games where, you know, they finally get something going. But yeah, it's been it's been a struggle to watch because you go back and you watch some of the, you know, the all twenty twos for the Patriots on offense. Like guys are open and he's just looking the wrong way at that time. Thank you for defending uh, the quarterback of my team. I will say. Uh, Given his touchdown to interception ratio, I think the problem might be he's colorblind. Like, you can't tell which uniform's which, and that's a problem. And if it's a disability, we should all feel for that. And maybe, maybe he gets a do over. Like, we talked about do overs a couple months ago. Maybe every <laughs> once in a while, he's like, hey, I thought that was my guy. That's a do over. Because other than that, he's throwing to the wrong team way too often. Mm-hmm. I can feel you on that one. I have the same problem on my team. I think we all do. <laughs> yes, Steve. How about them Vikings? Uh, I, I guess they won the game. They, they did the old Herm Edwards. They played to win the game. And we thank in large part to our chef, Dalvin Cook. Um. Yeah, I, hold on. I got I to gotta text somebody real quick. Trying to uh, trying to see here. Oh, yeah. Mm, Jesus. Let's see. I knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. I knew it. What? 
Let's see. Yeah. How many touchdowns? Crown their asses. Go ahead. No, no. How many touchdowns did Dalvin Cook have, Tom? How many? Elijah, look up. F- four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I'll put something on my like, phone and show it to you, too. Give me just a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, Elijah, I mean, that's a picture of your wiener. Literally. Joke's on you. You couldn't see it because it's so small. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, the Dalvin Cook show. Um, that was the best part of the game. Obviously, they rested him for seemingly an extra week, um, and it paid dividends for for them in this game. I didn't think that they would stand a chance, and the way that Aaron Rodgers was dealing in the first half, I was like, here we go, same old Minnesota you know, defense of 2020. He was just carving them up. You have to be able to stop, you know, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Devontae Adams. He scores three touchdowns in this game, albeit them pretty short touchdowns, but um <laughs> <laughs> and <Hey> so, boys. <laughs> uh yeah, the, uh, kudos to Mike Zimmer and the Vikings defense for tightening it up in the second half. Obviously the wind and stuff made it difficult on both offenses. You know, tougher to throw the ball, tougher to kick the ball. Uh, That's football. But Jesus, Delvin Cook, three touchdowns on the ground, one in the air. If you look at Kirk Cousins' uh, passing chart, it's absolutely hilarious. Didn't attempt to pass over 10 yards. And he has that one in the middle, uh, below the line of scrimmage, one for one for 59 yards. Nice little screen pass. And the offensive linemen played like they actually gave a shit in this game, which is amazing because they have struggled hard. Ezra Cleveland really popped for me. Um, they need, you know, good guard play has been their problem, you know, especially trying to run the ball. Absolutely trying to, you know, pass block because almost nobody on that offensive line can. But, yeah, they stood up pretty well. And sometimes when Kirk Cousins does less, it means more. No doubt. What a different team with Dalvin Cook. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> he's everything. And I mean, same old Packers defense, run the ball up the middle, and they can't stop it. It's like uh, that scene in Happy Gilmore. I should just do that every time. <laughs> just get it in one shot every time. It's so much easier than putting. Just give it to Dalvin Cook every time. They start playing the run, then you just throw it to Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that was like the old, uh, was it Bill Musgrave? When he was the offensive coordinator, oh, they had the Peterson to the left, Peterson to the right, Peterson up the middle, and then the interception play, which he loved a lot. <laughs> oh, I guess we'll make our way over to Sunday night football because we had probably the game of the year. Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking about the Eagles. Sorry. Uh, the Eagles beat the Cowboys, technically, 23-9. to Boy, oh boy, does this team need to get their f- head out of their ass. If that wasn't a Ben DiNucci-led Cowboys team, Andy Dalton would have carved the Eagles up. We got about 96 lucky breaks. And let me just tell you what. We finally got redemption for that play a couple years ago when the Eagles recovered the kickoff 
and there's five Eagles on the ball, but they gave it to the Cowboys because they couldn't clearly confirm which Eagle got the ball, even though Kamu Gruje Hill stood up holding the ball. <laughs> they couldn't, there wasn't clear evidence. So we get that one back when Vinnie Curry is clearly on the ground with the ball in his possession with a cowboy on top of him. The cowboy rips the ball out. Another cowboy kicks it. Rodney McLeod picks it up, returns it all the way for a defensive touchdown. Uh, I don't even know how to talk about that play. I don't know how anybody saw he was not down. It was an awesome play because it helped the Eagles with the over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was great. I mean, the Eagles... Ooh. Fast forward to the end of that game. Carson Wentz throws a dime to Jalen Rager. And Rager, in his hands, doesn't secure it, gets popped out. If he catches that, this is a 30-9 to game, and yeah. I'm a lot closer on my score prediction and a lot happier. <sighs> They would have covered there too, but yeah. We this say, like first of all, the the refs in this game were absolutely terrible, <laughs> awful. But uh, I, I, you just brought up Jalen Rager, mm-hmm. and like how savvy of a very young NFL receiver to catch that ball running along the goal line and reach it out like before he gets to the pylon to make sure he scores. Yep, because he's running so fast, he has no time to turn up the field. I thought that was the most important play that was made for for the offense. I was very happy with his um his comeback from his thumb injury. He looked like he'd been there all season. Like he just came right back, got right into the groove. Now we got to uh, go ahead and get that rookie quarterback we're playing and get him to get uh, all the silly rookie mistakes out of his head fifth-year quarterback Carson Wentz. I don't get it. Like, the very first fumble he had where he scrambled to the left side and looked like he was going to throw it, and then he just gets it pinned by, you know, pinned up in the air and ends up dropping it. First of all, when you see that play live, you're like, oh, he was trying to get, you know, throw it to somebody, you because you saw him pointing. And then when you see the the replay from the end zone view, he literally scrambled the wrong way. There was nobody out there. Goddard was out there blocking, but he had his back to the play. So, first of all, you got the ball up in the air. Who the hell is that going to? You're 10 yards out of the pocket. Throw the fucking ball away. you got to be smart. How many times did I say or tweet, Carson's got to be smarter. Throw the ball away. Run it. Keep it. There was the Jalen Rager interception in the end zone where Diggs made an incredible catch, just barely getting his shin down before his knee touches out of bounds. Which is, can we talk about how ridiculous getting your shin down counts as two feet? That's kind of ridiculous. But anyways, uh, on that play in the interception, he has Boston Scott streaking past Jalen Smith, which he could have lofted it up. And let Scott run under it. Big gain. Or he could have just held on to it and ran it himself for at least a first down. I just don't... I don't understand his... Oh, I'm going to try to get the home run every single fucking play. Carson, you don't have to score a touchdown in every single play. Move the ball. Keep the ball away from the other team. And 
you know, get down there and score a touchdown. It doesn't have to be on one play every fucking time. And after the game, he was asked about it, and he said, well, that's just my mentality. If, you know, I'm going to try to let these guys make a play, and I'm never going to waver from that. Well, you kind of need to. you got to know when to take that shot and when to just dial it back a little bit. Hey, you're in a Sunday night game. It's cold. The winds are elevated. They're swirling. How about not throw the ball 100 yards up in the air where it can just get blown downfield into the defender? You got to be smarter. Yeah, we won, that, but it feels like we lost. I think he's just starved for the ability to make those plays. So everybody's been hurt for the last two years, like all the weapons, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you finally start to get some guys back, and he started to look a little bit more comfortable in there. Like he knew, okay, you know, I've, I've got a few guys. I got Fogelman, I got Ward, Rager's here, Goddard's back. Like we're going to make some things happen. And. You held the ball a little too long. Like the, the offensive line still isn't where it needs to be, so that's troublesome. Because like you're talking with both of those fumbles that he had, you know, there's no ball security. One hand's on the ball, even when he's running. Sometimes running just one hand on the ball, balls away from his body. Like gotta secure those things. But yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when like your playmakers start to come back. You don't have to play hero ball anymore. Like yes, exactly. Get it to the guy that's open. And, you know, if you're down by multiple scores in the second half, you play hero ball. In the first quarter against the Dallas Cowboys, you don't need to play hero ball. They're starting Ben DiNucci. The guy used to make sandwiches at Ananias. <laughs> that's not true. That's a noble <laughs> profession. Went to the point is, he's not an NFL quarterback. He should not be starting games. Technically, technically. We won, but it feels like we lost. Now we go into the bye week and hope, you know, somebody can extract Carson's head from his rectum and we can get this thing rolling. Maybe make a run. Who knows? Win a playoff game. Wouldn't that be cool? (sighs) I used to do that sometimes. Well. It doesn't look like the Cowboys really cared much for the... uh... The Ben Danucci, <laughs> see uh, Scooter Magruder calling him Gucci Danucci, <laughs> made me laugh so hard. Um, uh, or the Nooch, like reminded me of Justin Nugent. Shout out to the Nooch, labor brother. But yeah, I guess they had signed uh, Cooper Rush, and uh, he's been on their practice squad. He was on their roster last year. Yeah, he. So they brought him up. And then there's somebody else, and I'm trying to find it, but I don't know. They So they're basically going to be having a quarterback competition in practice this week to see who's going to start the game for them. So uh, the dumpster fire continues down in Arlington. All right. I got it. That's the guy from Big, Tom <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> Funny in everything he does. Everything he says is a stitch. Yeah, fine, sure. <laughs> it's all time, baby. It's close enough. Studs and duds, studs and duds. It's all time for studs and duds. Studs and duds, week eight. 
on the docket on the docket ladies and gentlemen my first stud i'm gonna start this week because in honor of steve knox my best friend and cohort i'm gonna start with a stud of dalvin cook because he's a freak of nature Oh, can I jump into my stud real quick? Because I have to pee and I want to run away for a second. I'm going to go with a player that plays on my best friend's team. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, Dalvin Cook. He's a freak (laughs) of nature, and Steve's my best friend. So I'm going to go pee. Does I have to say my first stud? No, uh, you have to say who your best friend is. (laughs) Oh, Uh, I'm gonna go. Just with, say it randomly while I'm I pee. Go with no a pressure. From my best friend's team, I'm gonna pick Dalvin Cook. 30 carries, 163 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, toddy, toddy. two receptions for 63 yards, and another touchdown. Pretty good game, except I was playing him in fantasy, and I got completely destroyed because of the, like 58 <laughs> points he put up. Yep. In the league. Oopsie doopsie, Captain uh, Poopsie. I mean, it was one of those, like, you're happy for the guy, but at the same time, you're like, come on. Why you got to do it against me? Why you got to be like that? All right. But I think the uh, the most obvious place to go next would be the other guy who dropped a 50-burger in fantasy. Pretty sure that was Patrick Mahomes. 416 yards, five touchdowns. That is ridiculous.com. I mean, I knew it was the Jets, and we knew he was going to do it, but it just goes to show, like, good teams beat bad teams, and they beat them big. They wallop them. They don't let them get in the game at all, and that's what they did. So, hallelujah, holla back, king of the burbs. Pretty sure Patrick Starr could have thrown 400 yards and five touchdowns against the Jets. Shout out SpongeBob SquarePants. Bunch, brob, pear cans. Uh, my second stud, and I'm I, I'm so mad. I'm still very angry. This guy's in Seattle, but DK Metcalf. Yeah, me too. Made twelve receptions in the game for Seattle this week. A hundred and sixty-one yards and two touchdowns. I mean. I know the guy has a pacifier for mouthpiece, but Jesus, what a monster. I, I just, I knew it. As soon as they drafted him, I was like, Russell Wilson's going to make this guy better than he already could have been. And I uh, forever hate everybody who didn't draft him before Seattle did at the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. Angry. Not cool. Thanks for drafting JJ our Sega Whiteside instead of DK Metcalf. That's working out great for us. Sega. Unfucking believable. <sighs> All right. Elijah's next stud. <laughs> Since he fell in, I thought I just saw his reflection in a window. There he is. Oh, here he is. Stud number two. How about Elijah? Uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the biggest nerd in the NFL and I say that in no way in a loving manner I'm going with Mr. Unlimited Uh, I dislike him Uh, 
he's a dork. He talks about himself as Mr. Unlimited. Uh, Russell Wilson. He, he spends a million dollars on his body. Mr. Unlimited. I spent a million dollars on my about, body too, but it's mostly like fucking cheeseburgers. Yeah, I spent a bunch of money on my body too, and it's not going so great. <laughs> Turns out all that beer and carbs and, I don't know, prescription drugs. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah, you know, as uh, Abraham Lincoln said, you know, fuck bitches get money. So, alrighty, let's get to some dud, 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 duds. I was expecting you to yell yo, because <laughs> sounded like a <laughs> forever the sickest kid song. Um, <laughs> dud number one for me, the Cleveland Browns. Did not play like a 5-2 and two team against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, just, they love to stink up the joint just when you think they've got it all figured out. So, uh, looks like Kevin Stefanski still got his hands full to try and figure out this team sans Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I wanted to go with my first dud because the Tennessee Titans, you know, had that rough game against the Steelers. You thought they'd bounce back against the lowly Bungles. And they got their asses handed to them, which may have resulted in half the team getting released, traded, or kicked in the nose. They got their ass handed to them from the pavement through a straw. It was pretty ugly, man. Pretty ugly. Tennessee Titans are my first dud. Oh, uh... My first duds are the Jets because they keep losing football games. They're not even losing. They're getting embarrassed. Like they're are they like they're being paid, right? I I hope so. Allegedly. But they're real bad at it. Like if I was that bad at my job, I I think I'd be fired. And Adam Gase still is employed. I know yeah, that. I think Sean's, he's employed on purpose. Yeah, Sean says it's GM talk, but Joe Douglas, in an interview today, said that he hopes that uh, he and Adam Gase will help turn this thing around and get it moving in the right direction. And he said that he is definitely part of the future in New York, which isn't good news for Jets fans or Trevor Lawrence if he decides to come up for the draft this year. Dude, he ruins everything he touches. Almost everyone that does not play well under Adam Gase goes somewhere else where Adam Gase leaves and they remain. They all play well. Devontae Parker, Ryan Tannehill, Jay Ajayi. Pets heads are falling off. <laughs> it's incredible, man. It's incredible. Uh, speaking of suck, how about the Green Bay Packers defense this week? Who's the number one guy you slow down? When you're playing the Minnesota Vikings? You sell out to stop the run and make Kirk Cousins beat you. Exactly. And they didn't do that. And I don't know that they can. And I think that they've shown a huge weakness that teams are going to try to exploit moving forward. But yeah, they tried to stop a fart with a screen door this week and did not go well because their opponents were cooking in the end zone, baby. Oh, I see what you did there with the cooking thing. 
All right. My next dud. Everybody's done a dud, right? Yep. How about the Chargers D? How about your rookie quarterback getting you in position to win that game against the Donks? You have all this talent in your secondary. You have all this talent in pass rush. You let Drew Locke and KJ Hamler walk off against you? Green Eggs and Hamler, by the way. Come on, guys. That's a dud performance for me. I don't care what they did the whole game. You let the Donks walk off on you? That's Dudley. It's not good. Elijah, you got another one? The Patriots, because they suck. <laughs> Short and sweet. Oh, Jesus. I'm sure This I... week, you okay. have a dud off. Patriots and Jets. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you got two duds, and they just got to beat each other off. I don't know. So... The Patriots were real bad on offense. Uh, it's pretty similar to the last season. Um, and then they had a chance to win. And we were like, oh, man, we've seen the Patriots do this before. Game-winning drive to win. And it turns out that our ex-girlfriend, Tom Brady, doesn't play for us anymore. And we lost the game on a fumble. Now, oh, oh one time Tom Brady lost on a fumble in the Super Bowl. I know, Sean. I get it. I watched the same fucking game you did. But this was different in that I knew we were going to lose. Like, all right, Kim Newton's got the ball. He's got a chance at it. But did he? Did he really? Well, then if you think about it, how realistic is it for Patriots fans to think you can compete in close games when if you get the ball back with two minutes to go on your own 20, are you going to quarterback power your way all the way down in two minutes? No. Because that's not a good offensive style. Like having, so uh, Steve and I come from Western Maine. Having watched football played in Western Maine, uh, here's what the plan is. Uh, you got a bunch of big guys, and then you hike it to a different guy, and then they just run forward and see what happens. And that's the Patriots offense right now. They're playing Mountain Valley High School football. You just, you take your biggest, you take your biggest old, old boys, and you put them in front, and you just hike it, and then give us one of and see what happens. And it doesn't work, because it's not mm-hmm. a good plan. You know, it is a good plan. You just hike it and see what happens. <laughs> Get some plays of the week. Boop, 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 hurry! Plays of the week. Having a good time. Plays of the week. Never a Plays of the week. Our new favorite segment for week eight. Let me start this off because have you, did you guys see the highlight of Naheem Hines' first touchdown? It was on a swing pass that Phillip Rivers almost sailed over his head. First of all, he made a great catch just to get the ball. Then he made an incredible play to get in the end zone. But that's not why it's the play of the week. The play of the week is the whole play and the celebration where he turned into a friggin' gold medal gymnast and did this friggin' crazy flip twist mc hollywagon. Simone D- Biles scored a touchdown for the Colts. Dives to the goal line, gets up, does a backflip with a triple sow cow. It was just amazing. Yeah. I was waiting for woo 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 Kenny woo. Ah, <laughs> uh, my play of the week doesn't come from the NFL, but college football. Just because it was absolutely ridiculous. Is that allowed? It is now, because I just did it. Oh, boy. Rutgers. I haven't played. seen this play yet. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely incredible, and it 
there might be one borderline illegal lateral that they didn't catch, but uh, yeah, there there had to be uh, what a dozen laterals in this. They're down two touchdowns. It's fourth and thirty-two. There's like four minutes left in the game, and they just went for the old hook and ladder play, and it got out of hand. <laughs> like one point, you get it. A lineman's got the ball, and he's being tackled, and he literally just throws it backwards over his head as hard as he can, and it goes back like 20 yards, and somehow they still found a way to score. And, I I mean, absolutely incredible. The best part is, like, at the end of the play, the ball comes back to the quarterback, and he turns around, and there's a receiver standing on the far sideline, and he turns, and he just throws it backwards like he's making a regular pass, and they have a whole caravan of guys in front of them to block down the field. And he just walks in. Unreal. Uh, mine, um, you guys know Nick Foles? I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, that pass that uh, Nick Foles threw to uh, Allen Robinson was pretty fucking dope. That is a, a pretty, pretty good way to put it. It was a hell of a catch. Plays of the week. Plays of the week brought to you by Elijah. All right, guys, let's move into week nine of this COVID-infected 2020 football season. Eagles on a bye. So maybe they can buy some tools to get their heads out of their ass. And we'll go to the Vikings hosting the Detroit Lions. Yeah, this is a... uh... You know, got got to have a game if you're going to compete at all. Uh, I feel like after you beat the Packers, it's only right that you just, you know, try to win nine games this year if you can. Hell, the NFL came out today and said if they start losing more games, they're going to expand it to a 16-team playoff. So there's an extra wild card spot for you. Why not? Hmm. I mean, there's already going to be a division winner who only wins five games this year that's going to be in the playoffs hosting a game, so you might as well, you know, give it the old college try. Uh, Detroit Lions got beat up this week. Injuries. Kenny Galladay. Uh, so there's one less weapon you need to worry about. We got the return of uh, Everson Griffin. The return of Adrian Peterson. So, uh... Game's going to be pulling at the whole heartstrings of the Vikings fans this week. But why don't we just go ahead and try to do what we did against the Packers? <laughs> you know they're going to, you know Dalvin Cook's going to run the ball. The Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia, they know Dalvin Cook's going to run the ball. So let's see if we can be better than them doing that. And then use the past game as an extension of that. Obviously, we'll be playing in a dome this week. Don't need to worry about the elements. So uh, yeah, this is a this is a game that if the Vikings want to be serious about the rest of the season, you got to knock off the Lions. They kind of started, you know, pretty well. And then things are kind of falling apart the way they usually do for the Lions. So let's uh let's go out there and get a W. That's what I just want to see. It's like the Lions every year. They win the games they're not supposed to, and they lose the games. They're not supposed to, so who you knows? Ke- you got Kevin Harland on the call. This is a rare game that you get NFC divisional matchup that's going to be on CBS. I so, hate when they do that. 
I would expect there's going to be some late game fireworks in a close game because Kevin Harland always gets the best calls in, in any sport that he calls. It's ridiculous. We shall see. That that game is, uh, I don't know, that could either be disastrous for the Vikings or it's going to be an absolute molly whopping. Elijah, Monday Night Football. The New England Patriots are traveling to New Jersey to play a New York team. That's a Monday night game? Yes. That's... <laughs> that's a that's a couple... That's a... Man, that's a good game. I can't believe that's a Monday night game. The 0-7 Jets are playing the 2-5 Patriots. Wow. What a... What a match of masculine talent. Uh, I... Th- All right. So, the Jets are historically bad, and the Patriots are only, like, really bad. Here's the thing, though. Two and five. Like, where do you go from there? You're you're not going to run the table. You're not going eleven and five. Uh, pretty sure. Uh, even nine and seven may not get you past the Bills. So I feel like I feel like the new goal. And don't get me wrong. I don't know. Odysseus is dead. No, I've I've gone completely away from Bill Belichick this year. You should have either gone completely in on tanking or you should have tried to win. Because you went and got Cam Newton. And he's throwing nobody, literally nobody. If I was a professional football coach, and admittedly I'm not, for some reason, it's either the lack of football knowledge or talent or I don't know. At this point, no one's playing on my team that's over 26 years old. Like, oh, all right, you're 28, you're traded. For what? I don't care. Find out what you have, you know, Carson and the kids... But if Carson was worse at football, uh, and see if you have something in anyone, because it is a complete reset. There's no, like, maybe we'll get by with Julian Edelman. You know, the defense will be fine. Those are all wrong. Like, it's just not correct. The The team's not good. There's not enough talent on it. Uh, I don't see them winning. I mean, maybe they go 5-11. and 11. Is that better than two and fourteen? Probably not, because now you're picking nine instead of three, and you need a complete restart. Even Belichick said they they sold their soul for that run they went on. They got three championships three out of it. Yeah, yeah and this yeah, is the I result agree of with it. him, and I don't though, because they sold their soul for it. But to keep it rolling, they could have done it for not that. I mean, maybe Brady was leaving no matter what, but they had the lowest offer on the table for Tom Brady. And this is a complete 180 for me from, I don't know, even two months ago, where I was like, ah, fuck him, send him off, we'll be fine. I was wrong. Like, it's, I'll admit it. I'm a lady enough to admit when I make a mistake. Um, I was wrong, and Brady was clearly more important than I thought, and now uh, we're real bad at football. Yeah, I think like that last deal that they made with Brady and ended up with all that dead money at the end with those, ex- you know, whatever years they tacked on at the end. I think that was that was a huge uh, huge issue for them because you know you got so much dead cap money now that they couldn't go out and try to make this team better than what it is now. Um, that being said, it's weird to see Patriots and Jets on Monday Night Football. And you have that mindset of, you know, the 
most of the 2000s where it was like Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. And you're like, who wants to watch that? It's just weird. Literally nobody. It is it, it is uh, interesting, though, that like, more Patriots fans now start to hear them say they'd rather just let, let's try to get a high draft pick, try to find the next quarterback. It's going to be a uh, <laughs> fucking shit show towards the end of the season here. See which one of our teams drafts the highest. You think about it. They put up a graphic on, uh, on what was it, Sunday Night Football when the Eagles played the, yep. the Cowboys and said that if the Eagles, Washington football team, uh, Giants, and uh, <laughs> and the Cowboys all went 3-3 three and three in the division, the Eagles would win at 4-11-1. They'd win the division. <laughs> so... It's funny to think you can win the division, you host a playoff game, and you could be potentially drafting in the top 10. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yep. That being said, and I don't it's... think that the division winner will only win four games, but it's going to be a wild ride. We've been saying for weeks that, you know, if you haven't registered to vote, register to vote. And today is, was, is, depending on when you're hearing this election day so if you did go out and vote thank you you did your civic duty i don't know what else to say on that except i'm gonna get pissed off if we start talking about it um too many fucking racists in this country and y'all need to get your fucking shit together i, I don't know i'm done see ya if you want to be on our show tell us cool, Mikey.